Blog Talk Radio. Let's go. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you want to end a one or two hour show to keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Both with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the bad five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. What up, though? What's good, War Room family? You're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports. On the War Room Sports Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts. I'm the boy, Dev Mack, and I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my brother. We got B. Austin, the hot block commander in the house. Uh, Jimmy the Blueprint will be with us in just a few minutes. Yo, B, tonight's the night. Your man, Ban Simmons, he, he, he's going to show his face back in Philly for the first time. He ain't going to play. And and anticipation of what we expect from the Philly fans, our Philly brethren, Uh, we're going to rap about this and some other stars around the league who have had enough of the disrespectful heckling. So sit back, bust it up again with your guys in the war room, the greatest man cave in the history of Earth. You can also get in on the conversation yourself by signing in right now to the Bodderhood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. So, what up, fam? Did you you hear, first of all, have you ever written a note to a bank teller to make a withdrawal? You know, I know you, you big money, big money grip. No, the blueprint, big money grip. Have y'all ever gone into a bank and wrote a note to the teller about, you know, what you needed to take out of your account? Uh, actually, I have. <laughs> so, did uh, you hear about this whole Ryan Coogler situation? Yeah, I have, but not the details that I feel as though you're about to give us. All right, so anybody out there who doesn't know the details as well, Ryan Coogler, of course, is the director of such blockbuster films as um, Black Panther, uh, Creed, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Fruitvale Station, not really a blockbuster, but a very, very good film. Um, Great film, right. Great. Um, it's, it's the one that kind of broke him. So... So, you know, Ryan Coogler, he big money grip now. So he goes into a bank, I believe it's somewhere in Georgia, because I think they are filming uh, the second Black Panther right now as we speak. Mm -hmm. So he went into a bank, right? And on a withdrawal slip, on the back of it, he wrote a note to the teller, basically saying, um, you know, I want to withdraw $12,000 in cash. I want you to I don't want you to use the counter out here because I'd like to be discreet. So right. the teller, she excused and that's, and herself. That's, why, that's the experience I've had. The, the it was the an teller, amount that I didn't want to be seen with or yeah. Right. And and, and that was his his whole thing. So the teller excuses herself, but the next thing you know, he got officers behind him, you know, with the Glocks out 
you know, asking him, what's up? He gets handcuffed. Um, I ended up seeing the actual uh, uh, body cam footage of the whole thing. So, like you said, you know his intentions. But, like, who do you think, is, is there anybody, you know, because people are mad at the, the bank, they're mad at the bank teller, they're mad at the police, you know, black man can't take his money out, and, you know, the usual stuff that you expect to hear from us at this, at this time. But, like, who can, with, where's the accountability here? Is it all with the bank teller? Is it all with the police for, you know, coming and, and throwing them in handcuffs? Uh, does Ryan Coogler take any, is there any, any account, accountability on his side that needs to be taken? Like, what's your thoughts on this whole situation? I'm I mean, gonna, once uh, they got it all together and got it cleared up and found out who he was and that everything was legit, of course they let him go. Um, he also claims that the 12000 was from for somebody who comes to his house like a nurse or something like that, and they make big money and they want it in cash, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, <laughs> like, what, what are your thoughts on this whole situation? Um, as you astutely put it, I don't know whether it was five years ago. I don't know whether it was seven years ago. I don't know. It might have been 10. It might have been a decade because we've been at this thing for, for a good minute. Is the race card incorrectly played? Of course it is. Who created the game and who dealt the hand? And that's where I'm going with it. Who in, in, in 2022, with all that's going on, particularly in the state of Georgia, who created the game, who dealt the hand? No, I don't hold him accountable or responsible. My man wanted to take his, his, his bread out. My man presented ID. I'm going to assume that Ryan oh, Cooper yeah. is not dumb enough he, to go to the he, counter. He pre- and, I mean, he, he had on a mask. He had on shades. He had on a scully. He presented ID. You know how the bank rolls, the teller thing goes these days. You, pre- you pre- present the ID. You use your card on the little... Uh, yes. you know, card machine outside of the right. window. So he got to put his pen in and all that kind of stuff. So he did all of that, but he followed protocols know. and procedures. Right. So, but 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 my question though, knowing, you know, even if you got money like Ryan Coogler and you can take out twelve grand all at one time, just like you said with that race card. At this point, you still just an N-word with, with money to to the rest of the mm-hmm. world. So I'm just asking that. And this is the only thing I'm going to ask about him and the accountability because when I was watching the body cam footage, the police officer asked him this. And one of the main police officers was black. So they had a nice little banter going on. It wasn't anything, you know, uh, malicious or anything like that. Um they were just trying to make sure everything was on the up and up so they can get him along his way. So I really, you know, for once in this situation, I don't have any issue with how the police did their job. If the police get a call that somebody could be possibly robbing the bank, then they have to do what they have they to do. They're supposed to show up. They didn't throw him on the ground. Yeah, they didn't yeah, beat him up. They didn't do anything like that. Um, black people are upset that they drew guns on them, but at that, it is what it is at this point, right? 
the dude didn't mm-hmm. ask him, though. He was like, okay, I mean, have you been in this situation before? And he was like, you know, arrested? Or he's like, no. He's like, but, I've, you know, I've done this before. And the cop asked him, he was like, well, I understand you wanted to be discreet, but, you know, was it a possibility that you could have come in, asked for a manager, went back to a manager's office, told him, you know, what you wanted to withdraw and that you wanted to be discreet about it rather than, you know, passing a note? Because we do know, I mean, especially if you watch enough movies, <laughs> bank robbers have passed notes in the past. So I think the teller probably took it too far with the quote-unquote fear or whatever it was that she thought was going on. Um, because, you know, the conversation, no. I'm pretty sure, didn't seem like a bank robbery type conversation. No, and the fact that he took out no, his bro. ID, he put in his pen. But I thought... I. Th- that's the only place, B. I thought the cop made a good um, point. Like, okay, no, he probably could have came he, in. He, he made he made a, he made an amazing point, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go at this exactly how I know that you're gonna go at it with your son, and as I go at it with mine. There's the ideal, there's right and wrong, right. and then there's the advice that I give you as my son because I want you to come home to your mama and to your papa, every time, no questions asked. So if Ryan Coogler was my son, I'd be all up in his ear. I'd punch him in his chest. I'd be like, no, I taught you better than that because I taught you to handle the situation, understanding that this is America, man. They don't love you. And that white woman behind the counter thought that you came in to rob them, regardless of whether that was your intention or not. What if those police officers had have handled it differently. Right. What maybe, she didn't, what maybe, maybe she didn't think that he came in and rob, to rob him. Maybe she just don't like black people, don't like the fact that he got 12 right. grand to take out at one time. Right. So I'm going so so to stir something up, cause some trouble today, yeah. because there is enough reasonable doubt with somebody passing me a note for me to get away with mm-hmm. calling the police. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And you got on a mask yep. because of COVID. But with that, you got on the shades, you got on the, you know, and instead of me saying, okay, can you take off the shades and the hat just so I can confirm that you're the person on this driver's license, she decided to go call the police. So that's why I'm 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 putting all the culpability on the teller. I only had that one question about him himself. Like, maybe knowing what we know about how they feel about us, maybe not write a note. Not that you were wrong. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here with it. And this is probably a false equivalency, but some of y'all get it. Uh, You don't have to answer. This is, uh, (laughs) what do they call that when you ask a question? Rhetorical. uh, Rhetorical. This is a rhetorical question. Dad, do you have homies? that have been caught with an ounce of crack or an ounce of coke and think in your mind where those brothers are now. Did you know that George Bush got caught with an ounce of coke in his standing? I did not know that, but it's not shocking. (laughs) He got caught with an ounce. And he went on to become, where did, think in your mind, where did the brothers that you know that got caught with that, where did they end up? And where did George Bush end up? Right. One of, so, the brothers ended up in the pokey, and George Bush ended up in the White House. <laughs> in the White House. So and, that, and that, not as a servant. 
and I know that's a false equivalency in, in terms of comparing these two situations, but it does illustrate the difference that we have to walk with that's unfair. Like there is no benefit of the doubt, and there is no room for error or mistakes with law enforcement or with generally, generally with white America. There's no room. Like that, that, that's, you know, and so even though this situation really is much to do about nothing, it's still an opportunity for us to examine society and talk about what it really is. There it is. There it is. I mean, and I, I I feel exactly the way you do. Like I said, for me, this whole thing is on that bank teller because, you know, due diligence could have been done to let you know that this isn't what you're acting like it could possibly be. It is. Only had it one is. question for the brother, just knowing what we know in this country, maybe we can go about, you know, things a better way. Um you know, in, in that type of situation, go in the bank and flex on them. Let me talk to a manager real quick. You know, I mean, I got too much bread to be at this teller station. Let me let me talk to the manager. You know what I'm saying? You go get you a quick meeting with the manager, and you do what you got to do. You let them know I'm Ryan Cougar. Um, but he was trying to say I'm that without without coming out and saying it, like to the to the officers. He was like, man, this is going to end up being a very bad day for, for all of you guys. He was like, go ahead and take look at my – here's my, my work badge right here, probably like a badge to a studio or something. He was like, uh, go ahead and take that name. Go ahead and Google it. It's going to be a very bad day for you guys. So he, he was talking that talk. He was definitely talking that talk. But, you know, and I know this kind of stuff brings attention to things, but I don't ever want to be the example because if things go left, I won't be here to be the example. You know what I'm saying? Right. So for me, I'm like, yeah, I think I'd rather just play it safer. You know what I mean? And just, you know, let me go in here. Let me that's talk to a manager. I go, I go in there stuff on him. Yo, I'm Ryan Coogler, man. I'm gonna need to talk to a manager. I'm the boy that did uh, um, um, Black Panther. You like that movie? All right, go get your manager. And and we gonna handle it like that. <laughs> just come in stunting instead of trying to be super discreet. We're going to come in stunting. If you don't want to come out, like, that's the thing. I, I know it's a lot of cash. You don't want people to know who you are. You don't want people to follow you to your car. I'm making the bank do all that. I'm going to go outside and run this engine. When y'all finish counting it, <laughs> y'all bring it on out to me. You know, give me my, my receipt. Y'all bring it to my the five. Y'all receipt. bring it to the five six. Y'all right. Bring we're going to make this. S5 so so I'm a, if I, even if I have to stunt and be an a-hole about who I am, I'd rather do that than take a risk doing something that I know it's nothing wrong with, but we still got to be smarter with what we think they could possibly find something wrong with. Because I'm not trying to die over yep. a withdrawal. I'm, I'm really trying not. to die over, over no 12 grand withdrawal right. from this little right. bank. I ain't trying now, to die over trying to go to the strip club. Then the, I was about to say, then the question begs. Let's get, we, we offer that now. What the hell could he really have been doing with like what 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 do we do when we taking out that much in cash? Going to the going to the going to the you know what I mean? Yeah. I, you you talking about strip clubs. He yeah, he might he going to a brothel. Like he doing something that he ain't supposed to be doing. Like twelve grand <laughs> cash talking about is for his nurse. Uh, or something like that. Like, oh, that's what you call. That's what you call. That's it? why that might have been the reason he was trying to be so discreet because he didn't want his wife to find out. You know, D and Z is everywhere. Ryan Coogler in the bank today. 
And his wife's going to be like, what's the, what's the issue here? Why are you taking out that much cash? But, yeah, I don't know what dude was um, doing, what ransom he was paying off, or, <laughs> or what, what abortion plus benefits he was paying for. I don't know what Ryan Coogler was doing, but you got to be more careful out in these streets, big dog. He wasn't right, paying man. the nurse. Yeah, can. all right. So I just wanted to ask you about that, man. I wanted to get Jimmy's opinion on it too, but you know, Jimmy, he's gonna be a little late today. So he's stunting on us. And our fans, yes. our listeners thought we was gonna jump right in, right on in, and LeBron jumping up in the air on a layup and doing what Ben Simmons would do, passing off to a three point shoot. But now we ain't get to that later on in the show. Later on right. in the show. But look, before we do get into that, before we get started, we gotta remind you guys like we do every week. That whether you're live with us or not, you can always check out the archive episodes of our show and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. You can do that either on our website at warroomsports.com or on one of the many major podcast listening platforms because we're on pretty much all of them. So there's never an excuse to miss an episode of the War Room. There's never an excuse to miss, miss the Tissue and the Tape podcast if you're a hip-hop fan, uh, the Broad Street Line if you're a Philly sports fan. Also, Superstars, if you're a Philly sports fan, um, if you love to eat, John Appetit is the podcast for you. If you love movies and TV, On the Couch with the Wilsons is your, is your thing. And after further review with the mayor um, for more all-around national sports talk. So make sure, you know, you go to worldroomsports.com or any of the podcast listening platforms and check everything out on the network. All right, Hot Topics, man. Hot Topics are brought to you. By my bookie, War Room Family, it's still time for you to make some money sports betting at my bookie. Just don't be, you know, on your Calvin Ridley. If you play in one of these leagues, I don't think you should be betting in these leagues. But if you still haven't checked them out, if you're not an athlete and you still haven't checked out my bookie, then it's time to stop wasting time and place a bet. Lay down some money on all the biggest games in sports by joining the War Room and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get paid, you get paid fast with no hassle. They even have in-game live betting. You can place wages after Ben Simmons takes away Philly's home court advantage by getting all the Philly fans kicked out of the game for heckling them on the bench tonight. So join now, and my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, one word, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it. And, yeah, that, that, that's the thing, man. They got prop bets out there, so y'all can go right now and bet on the over-under of how many quarters or how many minutes Ben Simmons will remain on the bench uh, this evening in Philadelphia. While he's not a part of the game physically playing, he's going to get a very unruly uh, reaction from the crowd tonight. And I personally don't think he's going to last the entire game on the bench. But before we get into that, because we're definitely going to talk about it, um, I want to talk about some of these uh, moves in the NFL, especially with quarterbacks this week. Uh, we start off with Aaron Rodgers, who, after all the hoopla from the beginning of last season through this season, he's back with the Packers. Um, the rumors say that he signed – for four more years for $200 million. Now, Aaron Rodgers has tweeted out that the numbers aren't accurate 
But, I mean, if they're reporting that, even if it isn't very accurate, it's probably something close to that. All we know is A.A. Rod, the the, um, the back-to-back MVP, got a bag from the Packers, and he's going to remain with them. They actually franchise-tagged his favorite wide receiver, um, Adams. So he's going to be back with them as well. Were you, were you um, surprised in any bit by this? Not that they reached out. And 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 back the Brinks truck up to the crib. But are you surprised that he ended up going back there um, with all the talk and you know about him being unhappy and all of that stuff from no, last season? I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. And although Aaron Rodgers is one of my all-time favorites, and I think I can say he's one of our all-time favorites, I do think there's some ghosts in his head and pressures that he doesn't want to face, he don't want to go to a new franchise and fail. That, yeah, that narrative plus, would be real bad for him. Plus, so you know I, what I'm saying? This mm-hmm. is what a lot of fans, I mean, I know you know what's up, but this is what a lot of fans forget about with these athletes because they start talking about legacies and championships and all of that. But the Packers came with that. Great cash, homie. Mm-hmm. Come on, what, like mm-hmm. what else? You what, what are we what are we doing here? What are we talking about here? He's in a place that he's always been in. He's comfortable and more money, <laughs> you know, on top of all the money that he's already made in his career um, with the Packers. I mean, like, come on, like I I don't understand why anybody thought this was uh um I I don't know because he was already worth a reported $140 million. So, you know, you add this contract onto his net worth, and it was kind of a no-brainer to me because it's not like the Green Bay Packers are a bad team. Like, we're still, you know, this many years in with Aaron Rodgers, a lot of pundits, we're, we're still picking the Packers to make the Super Bowl every year. You know what I'm saying? Whether they do it or not, we're still picking the Packers to be a contender for that spot every year. So, you know, there's really no reason for him to leave. It'd be one of those questions be like, okay, they're offering him two hundred million, but you know, the Packers was like four and twelve for the last two years. Packers are still the Packers. So you got a good team. Right. The best wide receiver probably. And a bad don't fix it. Yeah, not yeah, right. Yeah. This is I think it's his best chance. Is his best chance. So shout out to him. Um, um, Denver, like he said, that dollar was, dollar Denver amount might be different. Denver mm-hmm. was interesting. Denver was interesting, but um, and Denver tried to make that play because they went and got a coach that he likes and all types oh, yeah. of stuff. But oh, yeah. at I the mean, end of the day, yeah, I'm not surprised he stayed. I'm not surprised. Well, speaking of speaking of that, you know, once the move was made, Denver fully, you know, quickly went to their to their backup plan, and they traded uh, for Seattle former Seattle quarterback Russell Wilson. Um, in this deal, Seattle received first round picks in 2022 and 2023, second round picks in 2022 and 2023, a 2022 fifth round selection plus. Quarterback Drew Locke, tight end Noah Fant, and defensive lineman Shelby Harris for for Russell Wilson and a 2022 fourth rounder. Do you think uh, Denver gave up too much for Russell Wilson? Uh, um, 
it's hard to tell without seeing where they are. I'll answer it this way. If they get if they get to an AFC chip game, no. Mm-hmm. No. Right. They didn't. So you're saying to if be determined later. Like game, for me, if I was asked that question, I would say Hell yeah, they gave up too much. But like you said, if the success, you know, is commensurate yeah. with with the deal, then okay, everybody's entitled to to change their mind, change their opinion. Because I am a believer in that. Like you don't really like you mm-hmm. can't you can't fully judge a trade the minute a trade is made. Like one you of don't the know worst who won the trade. One of the worst term term some of the worst terminology in sports to me is such and such won the trade. <laughs> like most people trade for what they need. So, you know, they're going to say Denver won the trade if Russell Wilson, like if they go win the Super Bowl, Denver won the trade. But no, Denver was closer to a Super Bowl than Seattle is. They were what they think to be a quarterback away from a Super Bowl. If they got a, you know, if they got a good quarterback, so it doesn't mean that Seattle didn't come up off of it because they, they most certainly did, and all of those picks and those players will will be a move in the right direction for Seattle trying to rebuild their team and rebuild their success. But no, I hate when people say, you know, mm-hmm. somebody won the trade or somebody got fleeced. Remember the whole, you know, I always bring up the Lakers trade for Paul Gasol. The Lakers were a player away from a championship. They were another star away from a championship. The Grizzlies at the time were terrible. So why not give up the only assets you have for a ransom? And they ended up building a team off of that trade that was good right. for the next 10-plus years. Ballin', but people don't look at it that way because they didn't win a championship. Yeah. The Lakers won, you know, two of them. But the Lakers were there. They were ready to do that. But if they don't make this move, then the Grizzlies are just terrible with a max player for the next five years or so. See, and that's what people don't understand. They're judging it on who won and who didn't. Well, the Grizzlies were nowhere near winning. <laughs> but you but you would have been used to seeing the Grizzlies in the lottery if not for that trade. But this is what people do. But I, I think they gave up a lot, man. You know, no offense, it's supposed to end up being a really good – tight end um you know drew lock i'm not mad at that at all but you you know you also gave up your first and all of your first and second round picks well your first and second round picks for the next two years um you give i don't know if they have the defensive player the dm is a very very good shelby harris a very good prospect i haven't really seen him rock but from what i'm hearing he's a baller right but that may turn out uh very much in seattle's favor um we got to talk about we got to talk about Russell Wilson. I, I definitely overrate him and have a bias towards him uh, for things that are off the field. Man, shout out to Black Mouth. Um, <laughs> but is he overrated? Is he overrated? And does he alone make them a contender? And then think about that division where you've got you got the Raiders with uh what's the name's brother? Mm-hmm. You got Kansas City with Kermit the Frog. You have the Chargers with uh Herbert. Like that that 
that division has four potential Pro Bowl quality, All Pro quality quarterbacks. Right. And and with because a couple of those guys you named are young, and with those guys getting better, like as good as Denver is in every other position outside of quarterback, like this trade doesn't guarantee Denver the playoffs because their division is still going to be hell to get through. You know what I'm saying? Like the division is going to be hell to get through alone. So, you know, they they gave up a lot, you know what I'm saying, because they feel that they are ready. And, you know, by all accounts, they do have a lot of talent on that roster. Um. Teddy Bridgewater definitely didn't light it up, <laughs> never has, never will, but he wasn't terrible. He, he was the regular, you know, Teddy. I'm not going to make too many mistakes, but I'm not going to do a lot of wild things. Um, Rodney, but, Rodney know, Pete, they, David Garrard, they, Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, they, couldn't they get are it all done. the same human being. They are yeah. all the same person. Pretty much. All right, so there was another big trade uh, in the quarterback position this week. Carson Wentz is on the move again. Carson Wentz is now Commander Wentz because he is now a Washington commander. He is back in the NFC East. Um, In this trade, the Colts received a 2022 third-round pick from Washington, a 2023 third-round pick that escalates to a second-round pick if Wentz plays 70% of snaps. And you know all of Wentz's deals always have that kind of uh, kicker in it because he's been known to not finish seasons. And they also got a 2022 second round pick. Um, the commanders received Carson Wentz and a 2022 second round pick. So they're swapping pick second round picks in this draft. And the Colts also get a third round pick in this draft. Um, I don't think that's a great deal to give up. The only thing is like, is Carson Wentz ever going to reclaim the the his performance and his level from that 2017 season. That's what you look at. Like Washington in this situation isn't giving up too much. So if Carson Wentz doesn't, if he never returns to that status, I don't think this was a bad deal for them. It upgrades the position from what they had, you know, no doubt about it. Tyler fans, fans are very upset right now about it. But I can see if they gave up a ransom to get him. They didn't give up a ransom. So I'm like, if it works, they look pretty good. If it doesn't work, okay, we didn't give up a lot. <laughs> they are paying his $28 million this season and the $5 million he's due in a couple of days, um, which is a thing. Um, but what, what do you think about it? Man, there's, think- so, much con- there's so much context to this. Um First of all, I'd like to start by saying I've always liked Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. I've seen his downfall. I understand his weaknesses from a football perspective. But what I'm hearing from my sources, both inside the Philadelphia locker room and inside the Colts locker room, is that he's just not a very good leader. Not a very, a very good manly teammate. Man. Manly man. <laughs> he's not a good teammate. And so Frank Reich, who believed in Carson, stuck his neck out to get him to the Colts. And what sealed the deal was the last two games of the season. The Colts are a good football team. They're not great, 
They're not very good, but they are good. Carson Wentz is directly responsible for the Colts not being in the playoffs. The Colts had a decent offensive line. Actually, better than decent. They had a they had a very good offensive line. They had the best running back in the NFL. They had decent playmakers at wide receiver. Not a great core, but Michael Pittman Jr. He, he can make some plays. T.Y. Hilton can beat T.Y. Hilton once every three games. Um, they had some play. My man came into that game, didn't play good against the Raiders in the second to last game, and then proceeded to fail in Jacksonville. And those two things were the icing on the cake. Now, what I'm hearing is prior to that, based on his attitude and his unwillingness to accept coaching and his being a bad teammate, there were rumblings in the locker room around week seven, week eight. Why is he here? They're getting the F out of here, man. And then from week eight onwards, he only passed for above 200 yards twice. Like, he, 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 when you look at the stats, 3,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, six interceptions, if you look at it as a whole body of work, that's not enough to release him or trade him. You keep that. That's, that's good production. Not great. It's good quality production. But if you look inside the, the many quarters of the season, he didn't play well at all the second half of the season. And the last two games that they needed to get into the playoffs, he didn't show up at all. And they had the tools. They had a decent, had a decent defense. They had the tools to be a playoff team. And he, he was the direct reason that they're not in the playoffs. It's not talent, Dev. It's not on talent. We know it's that. It's not raw talent. We know Dude's that. heart and head isn't there. And it's funny because now I think of Jalen Hurts and what everybody says about Jalen Hurts is he is literally the opposite of right. Carson Wentz. Now, the black people will tell you that Jalen Hurts is super talented, but we know he's not. But his right. intangibles, his leadership, his teammate ability, his like that's what people love, and that is what Carson doesn't have. Right, and that's a is great Carson, breakdown is, is from Carson you. Because if you just look at it statistically, he had a very mm-hmm. good season yeah. statistically. 3,500 yards passing, 62.4 completion percentage, 27 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. When we know the season before, interceptions were his downfall. Even though, like, mm-hmm. that's, but that's, that's the, you know, the, the moment um, nature of fans anyway. Because since his second season in the league, he hadn't thrown more than seven interceptions in a season until 2020 in Philadelphia. So people are going to act like he's an interception machine because he had interceptions. He had a problem with it in one season. That's how people are going to do Like, you take that season out, 2017, seven picks. 2018, seven picks. 2019, seven picks. 2020, 15 mm-hmm. picks. 2021, seven picks. Seven seems to be his lucky number. And that's a great mm-hmm. number considering – you know, the ratio was like 33 touchdowns to seven picks, 21 touchdowns to seven picks, 27 to seven, 27 to seven again. But, you know, as a rookie, 16, 14 picks. And in 2020, the regression, um, 16, 15 interceptions. But so I don't think, like, I'm, you know, I'm here. I got my, my finger on the pulse. I, like, Washington fans are acting this way because he has a pass with the Philadelphia Eagles. 
and, and you mm-hmm. know, it ended there the way it ended. So they're going to act like that. But this is a very good deal for them, you know, besides the fact that they got a new quarterback every season since, like, 92. But this is a very good yeah. deal for them because they didn't give up a king's ransom to get the dude. So if it works out, like, shoot, I mean – I'm not afraid of Carson Wentz as a fan of a rival team, but at the same time, there's something in the back of my head. Like I know what his, what he can do if he ever got out of his own head. So, you know, I don't necessarily like the fact that he's with a rival team now and we might have to see him two times a year. I'm hoping that he stays as mentally weak as he's shown us over the last year and a half, because if not, we might have something to to, to fret, you know, in this whole situation. So, so we'll see how that plays out. I'm going to tell you, you know. I'm tell you this. The Washington fans that are arguing for Tyler Heineke, listen, y'all, y'all literally threw 18 touchdowns for an entire season. My man averages like 1.07 touchdowns a game <laughs> throwing the ball. And, and, and I, like the, I like the Rudy story. I like the underdog. He has solidified himself as a five to seven million dollar a year backup guy. Right. Cool. But if y'all keep Taylor Heineke at quarterback as y'all starter, I am so happy with it. I'm good with it. I'm so good. No, with, I'm, it. I'm yeah, good with it. Very good with it. So they came right. out. You're right. They came out. All right. So. Uh... You know, that's that's all the, the NFL quarterback news um, from the week. So let's go to the NBA, man, because, you know, our theme tonight is about heckling from fans, unruly fans. We're going to start out with the whole Russell Westbrook thing because Russell Westbrook spoke out earlier this week about, you know, the, the verbal abuse that, that he's been taking from fans, especially this year but not limited to this year. And we know Russell Westbrook gets it, you know, from home fans now, rival fans, fans that have nothing to do with Russell Westbrook. Once a narrative gets out there, everybody follows it. So because the Lakers are super trash this year, you know, it's the easy thing to blame it on Russell Westbrook. When, in fact, Russell Westbrook should have never been a member of this while LeBron James was on it. And LeBron James was the one who made them go out and get Russell Westbrook. So you have to understand fit. You have to understand personnel. You have to understand that kind of thing. If me and this guy needs the same type of thing to be effective, and I'm the king, I'm not giving it up, you know what I'm saying, so he can be effective, then why is he on this team in the first place? But now we go from, oh, the Lakers are stacked. They're the favorites to win the title to, oh, we knew they were going to be garbage, and it's all Russell Westbrook's fault. Well, if you look at these games, and I ain't just trying to put the king on blast, but as well as it seems that the king has been playing recently, there's a lot of what people have accused Russell Westbrook of the last few years. There's a lot of that going on with the king. Because I've been watching a lot of Lakers games to kind of try to figure out, B, what the problem has been. And I, I've seen lately, like, when these games get out of reach late, LeBron stays in the game to make sure he hits these milestones with the stats. And it's not like it's hard to understand. Like, all time, LeBron is, you know, he's coming up on Kareem. 
Um, his name is all over the record books. He's trying to be it mm-hmm. firmly entrenched in his GOAT conversation. And when that conversation happens, when the raw numbers are presented to you at the end of the day, nobody's going to remember that, you know, later in his career when the you Lakers were, were down 30, he was, he was in there patting. He was Ricky Davis. Right, right, right. And there's been a lot of that going on lately. So LeBron, like we're talking about Russell Westbrook and his turnovers. LeBron is turning the ball over at at the same type of clip as Russell Westbrook, but you don't hear about that. Um, You know what's funny? LeBron is not playing defense with the best of them. We talk about how bad of a defensive team the Lakers are. LeBron hasn't been playing much defense, you know, as a Laker either. So – like, this is not me just coming at the king, but it's just like, it's like we've always said, though. Once you, when you play with LeBron, when it goes left, everything is somebody else's fault or everybody else's fault, mm-hmm. and nothing is LeBron's fault. And he mm-hmm. ha- he's, he's very culpable in what's going on in La La Land right now. Um, but what do you think about Russell Westbrook and his comments um, about the, you know, about the, the heckling, the social media stuff? Um, because he said his wife really came out to to speak on it mm-hmm. first, and now he's looking at it like, man, if it's affecting my family, then it's starting to be a problem. Mm-hmm. He was like, even Westbrick, for example, he like to me that's like shaming my last name, shaming my family. Um, he said it's shaming my legacy for my kids. It's a name that means, you know, not just to me, but to my wife, my mom, my dad, the ones that kind of paved the way for me that last name means a lot um so do you do you agree with what russ is saying or are you like look dog you gotta thicken up you know like foh intellectually intellectually yeah i get it i get where he's coming from i do but let me say this and and this is where even someone at the pinnacle of their career um and 32 or 33 years old, whatever age he is, even at that age, to be a part of the War Room Sports Big Brothers Helping Hands program would have even helped Russell early because, first of all, he wouldn't have been wearing fucking dresses and bringing pocketbooks to the arena, all right? We wouldn't have allowed that had he entered the program. But the second thing that I think I would have done is, is what Russ, Russ is an emotional cat. And he responds and he's confrontational, which I love because he's competitive. Man, I love it. He he has competitive greatness in his DNA. He comes from that lineage. What lineage? We ain't gonna get into that. We'll talk about that later. Y'all, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But there's only two ways to respond to bullying. Immediately. As soon as it occurs, the first inkling that you detect with your spider senses, with your discernment, you have to punch the bullet as hard as you can in the nose. I don't care how big he is. I don't care. Punch him in the nose, kick him in the shins, kick him in the balls. Those are your only three recourse, physical, physical options. The second route is to completely ignore him. And, not, and it's not a big deal. That's a mental, right. that's tough. Because now what has happened is people know that it affects you and it's picked it's up. It's just going to be worse. Right. And it's, it's grown worse. and it's growing and it's grown because it bothers you. And human beings are insensitive, cool, 
terrible people. And so, Russ, you wear your emotions on your sleeve. Punching the bully back would have been you saying glib things in the media that were kind of fun, almost like a Kevin Durant type of response, sarcastic, shooting back, letting them know. So that you you know that it's not really going to get under, even though, you know, Kev got some cat in him too. But you understand what I'm saying. Like, Russ is showing that this is emotionally effective. And people are only, only going to gang up on him. They're only going to gang up on him. Now, lastly, <clears throat> you make $42 million a year. Right. You're going to make $42 million this year. You're going to make 40 something next year, I believe. How many, how many years left on that contract, though, on that ridiculous contract? Um, I'm not sure, but I figured I'll find it. Just keep making yeah, your point. Yeah, he, he's going to make at least – I think he has $90 million left on that contract counting this year. So he's got this year to make 40 and he's going to make 40-something next year. Mm-hmm. I, I know that that does not give people the right to treat you inhumanely, but, bro, that name that you carry around that you have given to your wife and your children, it's worth a quarter billion dollars, man. We'll, you'll, you'll fix it, man. Right, you're right. 40, 44, mm-hmm. 44, two this year and 47 mm-hmm. million next season. And then in 2023, he'll be an unrestricted free agent. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, right. and I and I agree with all of that. I've, I've heard people talk about this all week. I heard people say stuff like, well, you know, Russ needs to have thicker skin because he's been kind of a jerk to media members and making their life hell all his career, so he can't complain about this now. I don't necessarily agree with that. I know Russ can get a certain way with the media, but to say he's not thick-skinned, and I also know that, you know, he's had some confrontation with fans, but that's when stuff goes way over the line right in his face. But I haven't seen a player take more abuse than this dude has in the last few years. And when he's asked about it, he does kind of, like, laugh it off sometimes, and he tells you what's important in his life. Like, you know, I got three beautiful kids at home. Like, that stuff don't bother me. I go home. Like, I don't take that stuff home. I go home, and I got, you know, a beautiful wife, three beautiful kids, I move on. This is just a game. You know what I'm saying? He, and, and that kind of stuff he says, and I believe it. But as a man, when these people are in your face doing stuff, yeah, sometimes you're going to react. And when the media is saying dumb stuff to you and you have to sit through that, sometimes you're going to react. But I really disagree that Russell Westbrook doesn't have thick skin. And I think he's only speaking out about this now because his wife ended up saying something. He, he also told a story about his son, how his teacher told him recently in school how, you know, he's always writing his last name on stuff and he's so proud of his last name. So when he looks at that kind of stuff and then he looks at his wife actually complaining to somebody on social media, stuff that he said his mom has said, then he looks at it in a different way. I know he's like, okay, you know, I'm an athlete. This is what I signed up for. Um, I got to let this stuff roll off my shoulders. But you be being a family man. I know you can understand. Like, okay, it's not, it's not, not what you're, it's not what your your children, you love. not what your children right. or your wife signed up for. Yeah, right, I right, right. It. When it starts to bother people that you love, then you might start looking at stuff in a in a whole different way. So I understand it. Um, you know, she's she's been getting like death threats. Like, you're, how, what kind of scumbag do you have to be 
to, to give death threats to a player of games of amusement and his family because you don't like the way that he's playing at, at, at the current moment. Like, what kind of scumbag do you have to be? So I understand fans are going to be fans. Fans are going to say stuff. Um, the whole changing of your last name, the West Brick thing, that's something you're just going to have to live with, whether you're proud of your last name, your kids are proud of your last name, like that kind of stuff you're going to have to live with. Um, I, I'm not saying I don't understand it. I'm just saying it's not going to go anywhere. And you made the greatest point, B. Now, with the fact that you've come out and and expressed an issue with it, it's not going to do anything but get get worse because we got a lot of keyboard and, and cell phone gangsters out here who – you know, they live their daily life happy with the fact that these social medias put you this close in contact with people that you wouldn't say any of this to in their face, but you can just do that behind a keyboard. So it's not going to do anything but get worse. I, I empathize with, with Russ and the whole thing because, you know me, B, I'm big on respect. I, I couldn't take a quarter of the stuff that Russ has taken over the past five years or so. So, you know, I would already been kicked out of the league for, for, for putting hands on several fans in arenas. Laying hands upon thee. Right. But, um, yeah, it, it's something that you just going to have to, Russ, at this point, Russ and, you have to get over. you going to have to try your best to ignore it. Russ, Rajon, and actually there's some soccer players that have made some great points about just because you buy a ticket and just because I'm paid millions doesn't give you the right to call me out of my name, to disrespect me, to mistreat me. And I, and I do agree with that, and I empathize with their plight, but you're not going to change human nature, and right. you can't legislate human nature out of fandom. You can't. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I, I think – like for the stuff like, you know, the nickname, West Brick, stuff like that. I think that's tame. You know what I'm saying? Even though it is his family name, I think that's tame in comparison to how far some fans really take it. Like I said, you got you got scumbags out here giving death threats over games that, you know, they were never good enough to play. Like that's just silly. You know what I'm saying? So I get it. You know what I'm saying? We've we've given out our fair share of, of donut McGlazes. And, and stuff like that. So, you know, <laughs> but I get it. I get it. Um, not saying I'm going to apologize to Bull, but, but I get it. But, um, no, I'm, I'm trying to – I'm still trying to see. But, um, <laughs> no, I get where Westbrook is coming from, um, and I'm sorry that he's, he's going through it. But I, I am glad that through his talents he was able to create generational wealth. And I still believe – Right. At some point, in the right it. circumstance and situation, in the right circumstance and situation, he can be a winning he can be a winning point guard. Right. I still believe that. Like I mean, he has been though. Looking, like people just forget. Yeah. Like he has been. Like you know, we we create these narratives and we just run with it as if it's the truth. But like Russell Westbrook, he's not. He hasn't won a title, but he's not a loser. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Never have, never has been. So, you know, it, it is what it is, man. But speaking of unruly fans, man, your man Ben Simmons is going to join the Nets on the bench in his first return to Philadelphia tonight after the trade. Now, there's some context mm-hmm. behind this as well because there were some stories that came out that saying 
Ben Simmons is indeed going to file a grievance. Well, let me let me let me do it in this order. They're mm-hmm. saying Steve Nash, coach of the Nets, has been encouraging him to do this. Kind of like um, he needs to be with his teammates. He needs to get the whole Philly thing out of the way a little bit. Maybe it never goes away, but the first time it's always nice to kind of deal with it and move on. I hope he enjoys it. It's the part of the game I miss. That's coming from somebody with a competitive nature. Like I miss going into the arena with all the vitriol. Now, Steve Nash has never had a situation like this where he forced his way out of somewhere out of a town that pretty much, you know, coddled you and 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 he, cheered he, for he, you throughout your he, short. Steve Nash has to stand behind his guy and pretend like right, he can right, relate. Right. Go ahead. But Go ahead. but this is how they're framing it, B. They're framing it like Steve Nash is encouraging him to do this, so this is why he's doing this. I called BS on that from the door and then some stories started to eke out later, you know, earlier in the week saying, Well Simmons who he's definitely still going to file a formal grievance against the 76ers in the coming days. Now, this grievance has been long expected considering he lost, all, you know, over $20 million during his $20 million of a $33 million salary. So most of his money has gotten eaten up by fines this season. So he's going to file a grievance to try to recoup those funds. So they're saying the timing of this, They're saying Clutch Sports and Ben Simmons have gotten together and said, okay, we're going to file this grievance. So it's probably in your best interest to go here, sit on the bench, let the fans abuse you because we can use it as evidence in our grievance to say this is why you had the mental issues. This is why you thought you could never play in front of these fans again. My opinion be? How stupid do you have to think an arbitrator is if you really think somebody's going to rule in your favor because you go back to a town after falling short in the playoffs, after they've supported you all these years, forcing your way out, never showing back up to redeem your playoff uh, failures, and now we're going to go here after you forced your way out, after you held out for three quarters of the season, after you, you know, probably thought you were going to tank the team by doing so. They're still top two, three team in the conference right now. And you're going to use how they're going to treat you because of all of that as the reason you had mental issues and thought you could never play there again. Like how dumb do they think an arbitrator is and how dumb would an arbitrator be to fall for this, to watch the game tonight, see the ignorant stuff that Philly fans are going to do and say to this dude tonight and use that to recoup this $20 million. Like, is this just, you know, him further going down the cat hole? I couldn't make this shit up. <laughs> further going I down the cat hole. Like, I've uh, never seen anything in sports like this. And you know how long I wanted this to work and how, you know, I wasn't you as, held you know, on, as hard you on Ben Simmons to the bitter, as the rest of this. To the bitter to the, end. To the bitter end. You held but, on. But, but dude, is, dude is kitty cat, man. So what do you think about the prospect of him possibly doing this just, you know, because of this grievance that they're going to file. Um, if that is the case, he's receiving bad legal advice. Like, and Hasn't I don't know. He always been? Like, you know, we give Clutch Sports yeah. all of this credit, but Clutch is who they are because of, you know, who, who's, who whose company it really is. But they're not allowed to say that right now. Clutch is this because they represent LeBron. They're LeBron's guys. 
So it's kind of easy to look right. like you're the best agent or best agency in the league when you kind of have the market cornered because in Koloff culture, everybody wants to go where the best guy is going because he's so rich, I'm going to go over here. But in this whole Ben Simmons saga, B, have you seen anybody give him good advice? Has this situation, like, no. I've seen everybody no. give him good advice. And from and from what I've read and heard, like, he just – he basically wasn't listening to anyone. Like, he didn't care what anyone did. He ignored he – ignored So they him. weren't telling him to do the stuff that he was doing, pretty much is what you're saying. No, from my understanding, and, I, and I've heard it from, like, you know, um, people that allegedly know, but also just from reading things that Ben kind of like – That was the case. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, but see, that's the thing. That's what I was thinking about. I think we had the conversation before, like, yeah. can you do that? Because what is that – like, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of these dudes in this league is soft, right? A lot of these dudes, um, believe it or not, they ain't got no problem with what been doing, right? So, and, you know, if that's your business, you got to, you know, cater the, your soft cut. Plus, with the mental health side of it, it's hard for you to drop him and you not look like a jerk like that. A client cried out for help with mental health and they just dropped him. I mean, when half of the league, so you got to stand when, behind his bitch-assness. <laughs> well, more than the, well, more than half of the league are okay with what he's doing. They soft cats, too. It's like, that's your whole business. You 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 poop on him and it's like cut him as a client. You probably won't have too many more clients. But at the same time, from my understanding, he wasn't listening to advisors, family, or anybody. He even had his mind made up. Like this is what I'm doing. It was a Ben decision. Right. Even even like on um I know like you know on the local radio like they reported that you know from folks they talked to that Ben wasn't taking advice from anybody. And I can I can actually believe that from the way it was um, w- the way the holdout was presented, because I think the fact that he went back and reported to Philly in the first place, I think that was him giving in to probably Rich Paul making him telling him you need to at least do that. This though, this whole grievance thing, he didn't come up with this by himself. I don't know if it was if it's his you know his agents. I don't know if his outside lawyers. I don't know if his family members. But somebody putting in this dude's head like, yo, if you go back there and you let them abuse you, then it's going to show the arbitrator what you were mentally, you know, afraid of going back into this situation. And it, it's just crazy, Jim, because I've never ever – Hold on, hold on, we, hold on. We've seen on. everything now, in you, sports, man. You, I've you never just seen said something. Like you this. just said something interesting. You going back to a sports arena – with heckling, yelling, screaming fans is going to show the mental duress that led to you having mental issues. Then you can't play basketball. That's 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 not going to be unique to to the Sixers. What is he playing? Yo, yeah, Scotty said we made Simmons an All Star, not his play. Never let you never let you win away. Pretty. You know, Nino. Shout out to Nino. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Like, that. So, right. so I think I think one of the Simmons things, is a very talented about, basketball player, dog. Like, yeah, that's what I was <laughs> going to say. I think one of the we, unfortunate we, things about this whole thing is people forget that dude actually um, can right. play ball, and it's kind of lost in this whole thing. Um, right. And the fact of the matter is, it's lost because ain't nobody seen him play. Like. You know, but th- but that's how the world is. Like he'll have a couple good games in Brooklyn, and everybody be like, you know, we'll, we'll jump back on his Johnson. 
because that's just what this world does, man. You know, <laughs> and speaking of, they're showing now. He's he's out on the court for warm-ups. Um, you know, he's trying to look oh, yeah. stone-faced and talking to his teammates, like, because I'm sure people in there oh, yeah, screaming some we got, stuff at him. He ignoring that. We got to get off here, dog. Right I got to be – I got to see all this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 30 minutes still until uh, tip-off, but – you know how they come out for the early. In the words, in the words, the in the words of Saint Laz, in the words of Saint Laz, and a couple of his interview guests, and I hope that Jimmy catches this. I know you won't, Dev, because you don't get caught up in this trash, trash YouTube. Yo, as he walks the tier, I hope they shit him down, like throw a couple <laughs> of that stuff on him, <laughs> like when they mix the, they mix the. You heard. When they mix the y'all mean to get throw it on them, man. Throw it on man. Listen, man. The bull the bull man, like, yo, he a turkey, man. Like it is what it is. So I don't I don't know what the over under is for tonight on how long he'll be on the bench, but do y'all think he's gonna last the whole game on the bench? Nope. I think he may not come back after halftime. Because it's gonna be brutal. It's gonna be brutal. And I think like I like because, I, like I said, I, I don't think there's any – and his teammates should be, if it's true, of why he's sitting on the bench. Like, his teammates should kind of be like, all right. Um, I, I think somebody, Jim, we were talking to the other day, it's like you didn't come on the trip to Boston. You didn't come on the trip. You know, it's not like it's not like you, you travel with us, you know, since this trade to to kind of bond or anything like that or cheer us on, but you're going to come sit here. And it can't be for any other reason but this grievance. Because this is not the play. Like, if you wanted to travel with your teammates and support them, this is, like, for somebody in a mental state you, such so as his, this is not the place what you really saying, that you're going to do. What you're really saying is he's, he's hurting this to the get team. Your bread back. He's, he hurt the, he's actually going to hurt the team. I mean, I don't know. Because everybody in Philly, probably including the players, are going to get so caught up in all of this. Brooklyn probably going to end up blowing us out tonight. <laughs> so he might actually help the team, but my thing is, like, are you really there to support the team, or are you just there to get your bread? And I, you know, I ain't mad at you if you're there doing whatever you got to do to try to get your bread. But it's like, act, dog. Like, you know, you got to be a better actor than this. Like, go on the road trip with them in the past two games before you just do this and, and show yeah. up for this. But, no, but I'm I'm with Jimmy. Indeed, I don't think he indeed. comes out after halftime, especially if he's only there to get his bread. Because then, you know, all you got to say is it was so bad that they, you know, I couldn't come back out there because it was just that crazy. And and they're gonna play that up Embiid, with the arbitrator. So, Embiid can solidify his legend if he scores a couple times and points at that ball or says something crazy to the bench. He can solidify his legend. Though. I mean, I when people are looking at this because that. of this, they're looking at it as a budding rivalry. I mean, we've been in the division with the Nets for as long as I can remember in my lifetime, but nobody ever cared about Philly versus, you know, at the time, the New Jersey Nets, or even after the move to Brooklyn. But now they're looking at this as a budding rivalry because of the talent they have, the talent we have, the trade that was made. Um, you know, it, it, it might get you know, maybe some bad blood. Well, yeah, because Durant, Durant and uh, and Mark Henry, well, he ain't Mark Henry anymore. Um, Durant and, and, and the, the Bull Harden got some beat. They got a little bit of beat. Yo, shout out to 
Yo, shout out to Kyrie Irving, man, because I be doubting Kyrie, and he be he he be shutting me up, yo. He be what do you me. doubt about his game? I don't ever doubt his game. I mean, no, I think some of the wrong. Some of the weirdo, but some of the no, you know, all Kyrie's all Kyrie's faults have nothing at all to do with basketball. Right, right. Basketball wise, he's one of the figure, most brilliant players you've ever seen. I figure, he is, but I figure at some point the off the court will seep into the on the court. Yo, my man did something beautiful the other night. Man. Nah, he laser. Yo, he scored fifty on like he scored fifty on like eleven. He scored fifty on like eleven <laughs> shots. He took yeah, like 11 17, shots. seventeen shots. But yo, I've heard like pundits and basketball people. I've heard pundits and basketball people make the argument that when he's locked in, he's the best point guard in the league. I don't know if I believe that because um, I don't. Think, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't I don't. I wouldn't even put it to a to a position because Kyrie has never really, really Man. been what we consider a prototypical point guard. Besides, you know, I was his, going. His I was stature. about to say. I was going to argue back. He might be the best player. I, Take the point. I was about I, to just say, like, yeah. no, but I mean, yeah, but, player. Listen, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> One of them. No, I hear what you're saying, but I'm just saying that's that's what I've heard. I've heard folks like ESPN yeah. actually have debate, like when he's locked in, yo, is he the best Jimmy, point he guard. Scored league? fifty on nine shots. Kyrie don't Kyrie don't pass possible. enough to ever be considered the best point guard in the league, whether he was locked in or not. But he's gonna give you buckets. That's the three. One of the that's best three finishers that's that's at his size that we've ever seen. I mean, Steph is different. And when Steph, so when Steph get in his bag, it's like that's that's otherworldly. Like yeah. Steph sometimes got to double park his spaceship to like play ball. Yeah. Ball, ball otherworldly too. I, I think ball, yeah, I, I think they shot. both. I think when they lock yeah, in gyms, just like you said, I think I think they both park their agree, spaceship in the in the, in the like, players' yo, garage next Steph, to the yo, Bentley. With, they come in and I, listen. Go I hear crazy. y'all. I hear y'all. But like to me, like we talking about when someone gets locked in in they zone. I, yo, Steph is up there with anybody I've ever seen play ball. I'm talking about Magic, Michael, hey. Larry. Like, Steph gets on that level. Like Steph looks you know, crazier because when he gets in the zone, he's shooting 30-footers, and they all yo, he's throwing, throwing the ball up. Like yo, he's throwing the ball up. He's throwing the ball up underhanded. He's throwing the ball up underhanded. He's throwing the ball up still in the air. Yeah. It's yo, crazy. Steph, like, when he did the All-Star game, come on, yo. Yo, he was drawn in the All Star game. He, was, he almost put up yeah. a fifty piece all flats in the All Star game. Yo, that, that was crazy. I'm <laughs> telling flat. you, boy, ball, no ball in midair. He talking to fans walking the other way. Swat, dog. Swat. Yo, Austin, you see the one shot they did talking about? The ball shot the yeah. like shot the ball, turn around right away and start having a conversation with the and, fans and start talking while to the, the ball fans still in the air. <laughs> Yo, it's just listen, different. Listen, when listen, 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 listen. They both, both of them do represent what I'm about. So I don't have no problems with neither one of them. I mean, Kyrie a little weird. He's a little weird to me sometimes. <laughs> Why you no, being I mean, weird? They represent what you're about on the court. It's the same way when you talk about on, Russell Westbrook. Like, the way he yeah. dressed don't represent nothing about you. But, you know, yeah. until this year, he play hard. Like, you can't argue with that, even if he, you know, looking the way he, he looking these days. Um, Yo, it's so funny because man, my man... My, yo, my man be calling. Uh, my man be calling Cam Newton and say, "Watch this, yo, hold my beer. Can you top this?" <laughs> yo, and they be going, "Yo, it's, like, it's bad yo. because like when you when you're having a season the way he's having, when you play that hard and you stink, it makes your playing hard look worse. It makes it look like you. Why you? Because you look wild and crazy. It does. It definitely. That's definitely, Jim. That's a great point. That's definitely been, like. 
the biggest knock on Westbrook the last couple of years. And and I think you've pinpointed it. That's why. Because when you're playing extra hard and you stink, you just look like that bumble that showed up to the playground. <laughs> <laughs> like, we've all seen it. Like, yo, this bumble playing yeah. hard as shit. Like, yo, you look, he, you look, he, you look like... You look like the football. Every you look ball like the, he dribbled off like his foot ab- out of bounds. Like he definitely yeah, like like that athletic, that athletic, that athletic safety or corner ball that that knew because he got a run in high school that he could hoop, and he can't really hoop. He just jump high and run fast. That's yeah, Westbrook. Yeah, Westbrook get to looking like that sometimes. Well, back All right, to, so we'll, back we'll see how it plays out tonight, but I'm with y'all. I don't think dude makes it past halftime. I don't think he even plans to make it past halftime. He's just out there Yo, trying to recruit that Dev bread. But Dev held, out, you Dev held out hope for the ball longer than anybody. Dev, Yo, Yo he, that, was in the, he was in the 11th hour. Well, well me, it was hope. There was, there was somebody we all know. It was, he, from Philly. he wasn't holding out hope. He was still straight up defending ball and all that kind of stuff. I, I never was willing to take it that far. I'm like, I'm going to just sit here and just, you know, I just think, you know, they're a better team with them than without them. And, you know, now that the, the Maury did his thing, held out, was laughed at for all these months about what he wanted in exchange for Ben Simmons. Like, he turned down all the C.J. McCollums and, the, um, you know, the Buddy Heels and all that kind of stuff and ended up with a motivated James Harden. So it's like you got to get that dude. Yo, Mark Henry lost like for a long time. He was the last stock in the league. Like you think you're gonna get a top 25 player for Ben Simmons? No, I ain't gonna hold you. That's why Mari do. That's why Mari get paid to do what he do, and I get paid to do what I do. Cause right, listen, I'd have traded for for a box of Ed Hips turkey bacon. Yo, (laughs) yo, 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 shout out to Ed. Yo, yo, no, no bull crap. I'd have sent a million dollars with him. Yo, when you take more, I'd be, I'd be a million. Like, you'd have paid his, you'd have paid his you relocation fees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's why, that's why he do what he do. Right. Because that was a yeah, hell of a, move, do a, hell of a risk, a hell of a gamble. But I think it was one of the things where he knew all along that he was going to get his man. Because I think if it didn't happen yeah. now, he would have gotten why. him in the offseason. <laughs> he definitely collusion. was colluding. Right. It was collusion. But I think with Maury and Harden, I think, you know, once their collusion ramped up and their calls ramped up, Maury was like, look, you might have to force your way out now because this dude Embiid is playing on another level, and I don't want to look like the GM that wasted his MVP season and didn't even go for it because as many wins as they had on the board, as currently constructed, it was no way Embiid was going to challenge for uh, an NBA title this season. So I think – their collusion got to another level because I really think they would have just waited, yeah. waited it out, and gave up less to get the ball in the off season. But Listen, we'll, we'll man, see how that. How, but all I hear, yo, I hear all that. But yo, how bull lose forty pounds in in three weeks? I mean, I know how I lost forty pounds. Motivated. In weeks, and I don't. James I don't Harden. Want that James to Harden has this down to a science. I can like we didn't see. We haven't yo, seen yeah, this before. I don't know how he do it either. Whatever he do, got to be unhealthy because he's done, he's done this multiple times. Like I don't yo. know what he be doing or yo, first of all, suits, but yo, first of all, he's a star. He likes to hang in places like Vegas. You know all the boxers hanging. He probably got boxer friends that you know tell him how to do it. My he's man, cutting weight. Yo, yo, yo not even just wait though. Him, I, do you see like his arms look all rocked up, like he been in the weight room, hard no, and heavy for the past few weeks? That. 
Yo, I'm, I'm glad muscles. you mentioned that. I'd be looking at James Harden like his shoulders look like fat man shoulders, like fat people. Like he he don't even look like he could hoop. He came in the Sixers gym cut up. <laughs> Yo, I know one thing, dog. Let, let them ever subpoena James Harden in, uh, in, in Maury's uh, text messages. They yeah, both going down, dog, because there's no Trouble. way they wasn't colluding, man. They probably, they probably got a group chat with a bunch of strippers from Houston that they all be in there rapping to or something. Mm-hmm. Got to be. All right, but speaking of that situation, we talking about, like, there's rumors now that Bradley Beal, who's up for a five-year, $246 million extension, there's rumors, and the rumor came from a former NBA player, Andrew Bogut. I don't know how, why, or if Andrew Bogut is really in the loop like that. But even though Bradley Beal said when we talked about that extension, that possible extension that he's leaning towards going back to the Wizards, Bogut brought out this rumor that he is he wants to join the Sixers um, next season. So, like, what what is first of all, what do y'all think about that? Do y'all think that's even a good fit with James Harden being there? Like, what happens to Maxi if if Bradley Beal comes? Oh. Maxi just goes to the bench. Or you just start the smallest, most talented starting lineup that you've seen in years. Like, what do you even do in that situation? Uh, I got all happy about that, and then I forgot about Maxie. I kind of don't. I kind of. I like the young boy. Like I, I, I'm at low key. I got. I, I, I bang with the most talented and amazing bum. Or the worst all star ever. Like I bang. No, he ain't the worst all star ever. But the worst superstar no. ever. I, I bang. I bang. Yeah, I forgot. Jamal McGlure made all. Yeah, I mean, especially on but, a team where he would be the third option. Hell yeah, you bang with him. <laughs> but do. But there's a size discrepancy there because Bradley Beal, you know, is really he's only little. like six he's three. Little. Harden yeah, six he's five. Little. He's not even prototypical Mike. Kobe shooting guard size, even though he plays point guard, so he's a he's bigger because he's playing point guard. But at the same time, he's playing alongside Maxi, so he still has to be, you know, you still have to have somebody shooting guard size on the court. So, yeah. you can't have Harden, Beal, and Maxi in your starting lineup. On, yeah, no, on, on, you can't you know, do that. You cannot do that. I mean, I guess Doc could try, but that's like that's like two, that's like six two, six three, and six five. So that automatically, like, yeah, that ain't good. you know, in, in that, that situation, Tobias wouldn't be there because you would definitely have to get rid of his contract as one of the pieces to get a Bradley Beal type contract into the fold. But I just don't see how it'll work. Unless, I mean, you know, some people might think Bill is good enough to where you just relegate Maxie back to a second unit role. Like, no, that's, that's a thought, but I think what Maxie gives you, and by all accounts, Danny Green, Chatty Danny said, he said Maxie, along with Harden, are like gym rats. They're like workaholics. Yo, it's, like, it's how obvious. Do you put like, Maxie back yo, on the bench. It's, it's like this? it's like he found his mentor when Bull came in, man. It's a di- yo. I, I watch the game there every game. It's a different Maxie since Harden got there, dog. Like it's like right. he found his sensei or something, dog. He don't want to let him down. He's in his bag he right now. Make he don't want to derail that. Yo, and he's he becoming. His his bag is getting 
much more full on the offensive end. Maxie's doing stuff that you've never seen him do before. <laughs> Yo, step back three. Deeper three. Shooting shooting threes from like twenty seven. Um you know like I said, I didn't really like oh. the fact that Doc is trying to get him out of his floater. I mean, that's his bread and butter. Let him use that. But, man, yeah, his, his offensive there, bag is still looking you know, like. We still don't have anybody in the backcourt like that's going to guard anybody. But, he up there yeah, looking like Nah Morant. Like, you know. Right. He ain't so that's what I'm Morant. saying. So if you got somebody, it's one of those things. This is that league. Like, man, you got a superstar that want to join your team. You got to make room for him. How do you do that on this team? Nope. <laughs> Listen, Massey on his way, doggy. You don't want to derail that. Like you got, you got let him let let him develop, dog. Cause he he and he be like locked in. Like he he, he got the attitude. And y'all yeah, in agreement, like right? That 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 lineup is too small. And no, that's Bill, what are you doing anyway, bro? Like, dog, you got you got a chance to make a half billion dollars. Why would you walk away from that? <laughs> it's a little. That's a little lineup, boy. Like. And Brad plays D. He plays D, but yo, he he is six three. I've I've seen him. Yeah, I mean he 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 gives the most defensive effort out of all three of the guys that you know. Yeah, we're but he's about. still little. Yo, he just, yo yo he the same height as Johnny. So <laughs> he's he's up for like the the uh, the small G, the GDP of a small country is what the Wizards can owe him. I ain't going yeah, nowhere. I'm yeah. gonna be happy as hell losing and watching. Yeah, him. I ain't. Skyview yeah. said Maxi is yeah. solidified. He's there, period. Maury said Maxi is an all star waiting to happen. Bill can EAD. <laughs> we already Damn. know. Listen, Skyview is Maxi's agent. So if they were. If Michael Jordan's Yo, clone, nothing. Michael Jordan Prime clone was about to come in, he'd probably say the same thing about him in favor of Maxi. Um, once, once Skyview like you, it ain't, it ain't nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's over. Like, yeah, got, like, got, 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 got me with the bat for Nelson Aguilar for the last year and a half. So, you know, once listen, he like man. you. Listen, man. <laughs> he with the bat for a bowl where like, like, like 40 receptions. In your lifetime, Scott, you were you like that with women too? You wouldn't be the fall in love upon, like, first meeting a chip? <laughs> she could do no wrong after that. I ain't um, I, for me, I, that, I it like has to be something that you think about. Like, for me, it's still – it's no deal. Like, if they tried to, you know, ask for Maxie as one of the players in return, there's no deal. Like, it's hard to turn down a Brad Bill. So, for me, it's like, I don't know. Maybe we're just going to have to try to make it work. we have to put all these little dudes out here. Uh, I mean, and, listen. And that's, a lot little that's a lot and of little names. No, we would just have to get away. an athletic stretch four or something, like – he had exactly. to be like seven feet, but be able to. Yeah, we need a nice start all position. Yeah, Listen, we, man, we, we have, have to, to do something. And let Joe play the four. Bum ass, bring bum ass Robert Covington back. Nah, he's not tall enough. No, I'm man. talking about nah, you nah, got to. He got to be. Nah, he's not tall right. enough. Nah, he ain't good enough. Right, because if you bring Robert yeah, Covington, like you, you already got Robert Covington. Um, you know, somebody his size and uh, uh, five. Right. Listen, man, you so got to like, you okay, bring okay, if you in, take Cyber out of the I'm cool with that, but we ain't going to Yeah, you need, you need something like that. We need you Kevin Garnett. <laughs> but but Jimmy is, is going on track because with those salaries, you're not going to get a Kevin Garnett, so you're going to have to settle for like a older story. 
<laughs> you gotta get like a, you gotta get like a Ben Wallace type. Right, because he's not gonna be a high paid dude because all the salary gonna be going to three cats. That's another thing. Huh. Like you know, once Maxi is ready and up for his deal, how that's gonna work out? So yeah, he's gonna get a couple dollars. No, nah, it, this ain't right. This all speculation. This ain't gonna happen because Bradley Bill will be a fool to leave that bread out there, dog. Like. Or he could do a bronze. Yeah, they, they he, could do a, he could do a one-year deal, see if we can buy a chip, <laughs> and then he go about his way. I mean, he still would be leaving that bread out on the table, though, because if he comes nah, to us, no. then we have his bird rights, and we would be the repeat, only ones to be able to pay him that. Five years, $246 million. He up for I don't give a fuck if you tell me I can play for the 87 Lakers. I'm not leaving that on the table. <laughs> Y'all got that if, if you say I'm the 65 Celtics, you know we're going to get a ring. Yo, 90, 96 nah. Bulls, I'm cool. Give me my, give me my quarter bill. Give me my money. I'm signing <laughs> that and get hired. My man's going to get paid a quarter billion dollars to shoot a basketball, but he wanna, he'd rather play with Joe and, and, and the FOA. I'll be over here like, you know, 2-80 and, and be happy as hell. All right, so let's get this stat of the week and the quarter of the week real quick before we take this uh, one quick phone call and, and, and get down to the final stretch of this. Um, this this stat of the week is, is more indicative of where the league is going. Listen to this stat line. 11 for 17 from the field. 11 for 17 from three-point range. 33 points, five rebounds, one assist. This was the Timberwolves' Malik Beasley's um, um, stat line the other night. He was 11 of 17 from the field, but all 17 of his field goal attempts and all 11 of his makes were from the three-point line. So this makes him um, the player in NBA history that scored the most points um, when all of his points scored were on three-pointers. This dude had 33 points, all three-point field goals. Every field goal he took was from the three-point line. So I ask you guys, we already know that the game is going in this direction. And we also, like I can't front, Leak Beasley was cooking. He definitely was cooking. But we know this is not going to happen, especially for him all the time, not at that kind of clip. But with this, you know, we, we see it going down this path. I ask you guys. What year, will y'all throw it out there, what year will we be in when on a nightly basis every NBA team averages more three-point attempts than two-point attempts? How many years do y'all think we are 20, away from that? 20, 2026. 2026 20, is where we're going to have more three-point attempts than two-point attempts on a nightly yeah. basis? What do you say, Jim? Yeah. 2024. Ooh. Jimmy <laughs> had it happening in two years. I'll take the middle. I'll go like twenty twenty five. Um, so, because you're going to be watching game now. I'm telling you, man, you'll watch a game. The first ten shots be like threes. Teams will just come down, and and and, and like during points um, in the game, like it gets to that, like where you're just sitting there watching, and it's just both teams coming down, launching threes. A lot of them bad shots, just launching. End of the shot clock. Let's launch a three. Beginning of the shot early, clock. Let's launch a three. Early in the shot clock, middle it's of definitely the shot coming. clock, end of the shot clock. just letting it clock. All right, so that's, that's when you guys think, you know, 
it'll be more three-point attempts than two-point attempts. When do y'all think the the four-point line is coming? <laughs> twenty thirty. Yeah, no, it's funny. It's funny you said that. But that was actually gonna be part of my answer. My answer right. was going to be until you ask for a specific year. I was going to say whenever the four point shot comes, that's when you'll see the three pass the two because um, catch it. Because <laughs> now it's like not even math, like, well, now it's not even the, the the highest point total shot out there. So now we can just go ahead and move up and make this the primary shot in the NBA, and we still got something to look forward to after that. It's crazy, man. This boy had 17 attempts, all three pointers. <laughs> And this is Malik Beasley. This is not even somebody, like, known as a three-point specialist. Really, I mean, that term is about to go out of the window anyway because everybody um, shoots threes. So I guess the specialist is just going to be the people that shoot the highest percentage. Um, Our quote of the week. (laughs) Now I think they realize they can't win. They're not dead on arrival, but they just don't have that tenacity. They don't have that will to work their way out of this. And this is James Worthy talking about his current Los Angeles Lakers um, and the funk that they're in after an overtime loss to the lowly, trying to lose on purpose, Houston Rockets. So <laughs> y'all, do, is James right? Do y'all see it this way? Um, like, do they realize they can't win? Like, you don't have enough talent, man. Just not it's, there? It's, you don't have enough talent, like, I'm gonna say, say this. It's crazy yo, to say they don't got enough talent. Yo, how do you guys not have talent? I, you got LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, uh, Anthony yo, Davis, Malik Monk. First of all, uh, first of all, sixty percent. Sixty percent of this season, I put at the feet of Anthony Davis. Sixty percent of, it. yo, he's terrible Being for, for what his talent level is. He's terrible. He's how terrible. I just need I need more. You can say he's injured, but how is he terrible? He gets injured. He doesn't get like when he plays. Anthony Davis is a top three to five player in the league. I ain't terrible. I thought that I was going to see him (laughs) at number one clearly and dominant. Like LeBron, like LeBron is still going to the rack, passing up shots and all that. But yo, in in this year, for the numbers he puts up and what he does. He shouldn't have to be the best player on that team. He shouldn't. Man, Anthony Davis should nah, be taking that over and say, I got it, Bron. How you going to do that from nah, a hospital? Nah, Frank, nah, I don't know, man. Anthony Davis, when he played, he was like 23, 10, and 3 or 4, somewhere around there. And I know His numbers are definitely like down. He's one of those players. We think yeah, he's but, so good but, but, that those kind of numbers. I, what, I will, what, I will say, what I will say to add to your point, well, it's a little bit different point, but it's the same point. To me, watching him play, Anthony Davis hasn't been the same since they won the chip. And it's almost like he got that monkey care. off his back, so to speak. And just was like, care no I'm just out here going through the motions. Uh, yeah, like, and again, this is me reading body language, and I'm not a body language expert, but he don't look like he cares the same. Like he, yes, we are. I think I locked in that TV. season. But this is what separates players that are like great players from all-time greats, right? Because... Some players, like you know, they play this fool. They good. I got, I got what I came for. I got, I got the accolades, the all stars, uh, you know, chip. But then some dudes win a chip and they got a hunger for more. I don't know if he has that. I think that what we're seeing is a dude that maximizes talent. He, he's not maximizing his talent, but he has the game, but not the the uh, intestinal fortitude to want to be an all time great. Now that's well, you said you know, it earlier. You said most of the league is cat 
So, you know, that's why these agents got to stick behind these type of dudes because... Yeah, yeah, but you'll still find dudes like, a, like a Ja Morant who seems to want great. Some dudes want greatness, and some dudes just like, look, everybody on my back, I never want a chip. I got my chip. I'm putting up 20 and 10. It's too easy. Like, But, you know, that's, right. some dudes are just naturally talented. Like, Anthony Davis, like you said, he has all the tools. He's, he's a seven-foot dude, almost seven-foot dude that can literally, uh, cliche, guard all five positions, shoot the outside shot, play inside. Like, he could do it all. But does he want to be an all-time great? I don't know. No. You know. No. <laughs> you know. You read his body language just like I did. No. All right. You know the funny Real thing quick. about a word he said. Get it back to your quote. Is okay. when they asked Mello about it. Mello was like, "He ain't wrong." <laughs> yeah, Mello was like, "He like he got his opinion, but I don't necessarily disagree with it." I thought he was gonna say something else. Like, he got his opinion, but you know, f him. So if, if Mello like, want to squat, say that. Who am I to disagree? <laughs> right. All right. We're going to go to the phone line real quick. Uh, we got the homie Tobias on the line. Tobias, what's going on, good brother? Man, it took y'all blankety blanks long enough. Yep. What's going on, gentlemen? It's quick enough to get you up out of here, so hurry up. You yeah, don't get me up. Don't, hey, you don't rush me. Oh, damn it. Yeah, you don't rush me, but anyway, uh, a couple of things you here. You rushed. I, yeah, <laughs> I know, like, the whole NFL, the league is slobbering over Russell Wilson. My, the question I have is, I didn't realize he was only 33. Uh, is anybody going to ask, why would the Seahawks cool with trading the 33-year-old quarterback that everybody said was just the first dollar Hall of Famer at 33? I mean, uh, What are they dude, doing with they seem, 33? They seem to be, they seem to be building over. Yeah, why do you keep why, why yeah, hold you on see? to the, one of the best assets you have? Yo, they, paid him, they, paid him, they paid him too much money. They paid him too much money to spread it around and get more talented. Right. They got to get him off the books and rebuild. But the way you don't know the fuck they Tobias is be trying to start trash. Like Lockett, they got Lockett. Yeah. They got rid of the linebacker yesterday. They, they got rid of Wagner. Yeah. Is, it's time for a rebuild. What happens with Metcalf, though? Metcalf will be sitting there with a bunch of, like, rebuilds? Yeah, Man. I know. And, and the thing is, ironically, Seattle, if they were rebuild, they had let Russ go because he gets some picks. I see where you're coming from. But I think people are looking at, oh, Brady went to the Bucks. They won a Super Bowl. They didn't realize uh, Brady wasn't that good in the playoffs that year they won a Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, so, and I'm a fan, Listen, man, being honest. But, sometimes, but, sometimes but, though, sometimes, though, like, when it comes to those older quarterbacks, if you got everything else on the team going for you, it's just yeah. about don't make the bad mistake at the wrong time. Like, Peyton Manning was abysmal when he won that chip with the Broncos. But what he didn't do, fakes in the, the, the worst time. Like, he didn't Tony Romo it. So, he – Sometimes all you need um, older dudes to do is just be smart and be a game manager and just, like, stay out the way. Yeah, and, and I think, like, but I don't blame the Broncos for going for it because this quarterback draft is terrible, right? Next year is a great quarterback draft. But they, they got a lot of young talent, so they can sort of, but I don't blame them for going for it, you know. But I just think the media, because I think Russell Wilson, I think he's a good player, but I think he gets a bump because everybody likes him. And so – you know, the he's a likable guy to have. Yep. That's and, uh, yeah, because but I don't blame the Broncos for going for it. You had to go for it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. But uh but it's like if y'all talk about Philly, if I'm Philly, I wouldn't even take uh what's that guy's name, Bill. I wouldn't even take him. Because what people say about these super teams, when you have three max salaries. You are you are thinner than olive oil. You can't add nothing. And, uh, 
and your stuff. Well, and my thing is, I guess are it you depends on who your three is, because we said that about the Heat, and every veteran who was still had something in them went down there for the minimum and got them two chips. And, <laughs> and, and they should have won more, to be honest with you. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. But true. They, yeah. And, uh, and so what I'm saying is that you got Matt. You already got a guy that can give you 20 points to Maxi already on the cheap. Mm-hmm. Why? And Bradley Bill, my, I know all you brothers are married. Y'all wives will cluck y'all, y'all upside the head. Y'all turn down a half a quarter billion dollars to win a championship for less money. Man, <laughs> you know? I feel like she's the one that's always complaining about Washington, though. I might start having might goats in the crib, dog. Like, if I turn down a quarter bill, I, I have great-grandfathers coming. Like, I have people that's coming back and, like, I have ghosts in the crib. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, uh, but but you already got a guy <laughs> on the cheap, on a rookie deal, who could already, already drop 20 a night consistently. And they got a good reporter. And then the, the good thing about this Philly team is that now you can't even play off Thibault because he can hit an open three as my Bulls saw that because we want to start a six-foot-four power forward anyway. But anyway, on that one, Nikola Fuljevic is soft and baby crap. Philly, Philly uh, got cops in the first row Yeah, the security tonight. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uniform uh, officers, and also yeah. – <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we suck right now. But we we missing injuries right now. But like it's funny how these Bulls fans are like I'm like, dude, should you be happy just making the playoffs instead of like being kicking the seventh thing in Wendell Carter and Lowry marking it? Uh and plus the one thing about making a playoff for someone like Zach Levine, it's the same as Devin Booker last year. It's a different level when you're playing games late in the season as a contender than you were when you're just playing for a lottery spot. They're playing you differently now, and you work on your game. Saw how much better Booker was also from already. Saw how much better he is now. Now you may see Zach Levine get much better next year as well. Things he got to work on because they're playing him differently now. And you know, I'm just happy making the playoffs because y'all y'all know this, man. After a while, you just get tired of being bad. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You're I mean, it's a, step, it's a step in the right direction. Even though you know, y'all not exactly making it yeah. as like a young up and coming team. Like y'all got some veterans on that team. So I don't know what but, it would actually mean to make the playoffs, but as a fan, you're tired of not making the playoffs. I feel you. Yeah. And, uh, now I think Bujovic will get traded though, because yeah, he may get you 13 rebounds, but he'll soft 13 rebounds. And, uh, and you know, Lonzo played good and Caruso played good and good defenders. But yeah. I just think that sometimes fans got to understand how this Bulls team came around. Zach Levine, it's the first time he ever had a four-game winning streak in the NBA this year with the Bulls. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, just think about that. And, uh, and so that's a whole different level. It's the first good coach he has also. And I think, look, DeMar DeRozan is a good veteran, Vucevic, and that's it for the vet. And Tristan, well, I don't count Tristan Thompson. He is tied with clutch. He's been living off that. But I'll say this one thing. I know y'all guys got to run. Here. Yeah, hurry up, man. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is going is single handedly making it worse for the players in the next CBA. <laughs> did, did you see how bad LeBron got it when he returned to Cleveland that first time? So far, you know, he had sat there, took it, tore him up, and that's it. But see, the thing with Ben Simmons, <laughs> he never been, back he's been when he came back. Yeah, Ben was bad. 
baby. Ever since high school, he was baby at LSU. Some of the are the only fool that watched SEC basketball, and, uh, and he hasn't worked on his game since. And finally, Outside took criticism from it. And so, and so now he can't handle it. And like, and everybody keeps talking. If Brooklyn gets together, they change the name from the Nets to the Ifs because all I hear from them is if, 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 if. Man, you get drunk taking fists from them, but. I know you guys got to run, and and I, I just think that Ben just got to play and get it over with because they can say when these guys form up, you still got to have Ben Simmons on the court in the playoffs, the folks going to foul him anyway. You know, KD I'm and sure Curry going to score I guarantee enough. you he'll be playing by Monday. They got to they got to oh, yeah. they got to – everything is appearances, so he's not just going to come back the very next game. But give it at least two games or three games from now. Let him, let him sit over the oh. weekend. He'll be back on Monday if they got a game. And, fellas, remember, I was the one guy that said, hold on to Ben Simmons. Someone's going to get mad. If he don't want to play, find his ass. <laughs> you know? Uh, that's how I looked at it. See, my hardball strategy finally worked for once. And remember, B. Austin, Alabama runs everything above board. We don't pay our players, provide them a good education, and, you know, the good uh, – Start the life. But hey, you guys All have right, a good man. one, fellas. All right, you too. We holler at you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So, Jim, real Yo, quick you before this man, game starts. Your, okay. your man Ben Simmons came out to the warm up, John, and didn't shoot the ball one time. He still afraid to shoot. I tell you, I'm telling you, he was thinking about it. He was just trying to get a reaction, man. Every every clip I saw, all he was doing was like dribbling and talking to his teammates, just trying to stay busy so he don't have to pay attention to what's going on around him. Yo, I, yo, it's all acting is like body la- body language expert time. The ball, like yo, I don't know if I know he I know he's trying to get a case, but he might really got some mental health stuff going on. But the ball just looks mad lonely because even his teammates don't. The energy ain't there. Like they not rallying around him and all that. Like he just yeah, they're, they're doing moment. what they have to do to bare minimum. They're gonna say exactly. some good things like, about him. Just, they're gonna slap his hand when he come out. But you know, yeah, he like he was following like, Patty Mills up the up the court to talk to him. Patty wasn't really like oh, trying to have that. Yeah, you saw that too. You saw that yeah, too. Yeah, like, it was yo, real awkward. The boy, the boy, the boy, mad lonely out there, cuz. So right, he's going to try work, to, man. He's trying to latch on to Patty because he's Australian, too. So, Patty, like, fuck out of here. I'm trying to warm up. I'm actually Ron playing Harvey Jr. <laughs> Ron Harvey Jr. is going for 55 tonight, though. Watch, watch uh, Ron Harvey Jr. going about to go crazy. But anyway, uh, yeah, what happened, what happened while you were on the grind. You know what I'm saying, Butch? You're about Digital Extreme Technologies, bottom line. You need a custom website called Digital Extreme Tech. You can go here, 6720542030 at Tech.com. Hell yeah. But your man, Calvin Ridley, yo. Calvin really was suspended for a year, you know what I'm saying, for gambling on uh, NFL games. He risked it all. You know I mean? $1,500 bet that the that the, Haw- that the Falcons would beat the, the Jets. I mean, good bet. Probably won. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know the rules. I think it's a little overkill. You know, he, he got a, a, a thousand – I mean, he got a whole year for a $1,500 bet. My man, my man cost himself like $11 million. Right. For They said the Eagles was close to like having a deal done to get him <laughs> right before it came out. Um, I think I think they should whatever deal they had, they should table it because I I can see him winning an appeal and getting this at least down to I'll say at least a half a season. Um, it's it's difficult to see them upholding this and you know he getting a whole year. For a first-time offense, such a small bet. It's not like, you know, this dude has a known gambling problem. Um, 
but it, you know, it's also hard to to be sympathetic. You you know how they feel about gambling and and on the sport that you play. Shout out to Pete Rose, should be a Hall of Famer, but we'll see, man. All right, the Calvin. Hit king. Come on. <clears throat> All right, here story for y'all, man. A woman sues Jerry Jones. Uh, she alleges that Jerry Jones, her father, she's suing for it. How's that work? Um, sound about right to me. They said Jerry Jones back in like '96 paid her mother, um, you know, to to pretty much go away. And <laughs> I don't know. I did. I guess the the, the daughter. Mm-hmm. I think, however old she is right now, she's on her. I think she's 26. She's like. You know, I didn't get paid off. This ain't got nothing to do with me. Like, my mom was silent all these years, but um, they said her name is Alexandra Davis, who lives in Washington, D.C. Um, she says she wasn't motivated by fame or fortune. Forgot it. When she filed her lawsuit on March 3rd. Um, so what she want? They said she does not seek the recovery of money. Um, what she I, don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They said... Uh, no, she's not. She says she's not bound to an agreement entered into that attempts to prohibit her from stating who her real father is. I, I don't know what she wants. She says she's lived her life fatherless and in, in secret and in fear that if she should tell anybody who her pop was, she and her mother would lose financial support or worse. Jones is alleged right. to have paid three hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars to her mom, um, who the lawsuit says was courted by. Jerry Jones in 95 when she was working at the American Airlines ticket counter in Little Rock, Arkansas. So, I, yeah, okay, I don't, I don't know. 375. <laughs> at this point, maybe it's just one of them things, Jim. Like, these days, people just want to get people in trouble. People just want to give people a bad name. I'm not saying he's right or, you know, she's wrong. Man, listen, man. But if she claims she's not I, looking I for money, say, I just think that's BS. And, 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 and I'm not mad at you because if I, my pop was a billionaire, and he wasn't claiming me, and I sue. I'm suing for. I'm suing for a couple hundred million. Like, I ain't yeah, mad I at you. Bread, but yeah, it's my thing though, man. I want some bread. I shouldn't say what I'm getting ready to say, man. I shouldn't get say what I'm getting ready to say, man. Like, oh, I had man. a lot of yams on my life, man. I don't know if any of them was worth three hundred seventy-five k. Right. <laughs> I mean, but, but, but maybe, you know what it is. Maybe that one. That, 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 that just was an attempt for him to keep it away from his whiz. Now it's out there. Yeah. Like, now I'm definitely like, now I I'm in trouble now. So. How many times you think Jerry paid that 375? That might be a standard John. Like, look, man, I got 375. That's 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 the only dozen. one. Nah. <laughs> nah. And the thing is, if she wins and she gets some bread. The rest of his kids coming out too. <laughs> All right, man. We gotta talk about my favorite football coach now, man. Coach Prime, man. Dion says he has had two toes amputated. Um, I know he was having issues, um, you know, because I watch his uh his YouTube show, which is amazing, by the way. It's like, it's like a, a a different version of um, you know, uh, what's the hard knock life? But like, yo, Dion, like yo, Dion got it to the point where the only football team I care about winning is Jackson State, like. I don't care about none of these coach teams, so I'm a Jackson, I'm a Jackson State fan. But anyway, yeah, so as fast um, as this boy was, he now like JPP foot looking dude. He said he had his big so big toe and his second toe and his foot amputated and lost 35 pounds during his hospital stay. 
They tried to kill Prime, yeah? It was, uh, he had blood clots. So it was life-threatening. So they had to do what he had to do. I know he was in that wheelchair, but I didn't know it was this guy. Yeah. I didn't know he was JPP foot. I didn't know that, man. And I, wonder if it, I, know, Prime, I know, man. I know, I don't know, I don't know whether it's health-related or whether it's, I mean, I know it's blood clots, but I wonder if, it, like, did it have anything to do with his playing time? Um, they said he initially had the surgery in September for a dislocated toe and an inflamed nerve. But he returned oh, to the okay. sidelines with crutches and sometimes used the golf cart to push himself around. So so it sounds like, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, doctors got one thing mess care. something up and then, yeah, yeah. Yo, you know what's crazy, man? Like, because Dev, we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago um, when we was on our retreat. But, like, when you... When you look at these old players, bro, like it makes me wonder whether it's even worth it. Cause like dudes be retired, cause and be like they their quality of life be cheeks. Oh yeah, cause we were talking about Earl Campbell. And, I mean, and Dion though, yeah. I mean, it would be his feet, cause you know that was his thing. He was fast as hell. Earl Campbell, his whole body, he probably can't move anything on his body, because he never tried to run around a tackle in his life. But you know, Prime, he he would be the dude to have foot problems. <laughs> or Dog, uh, you seen you seen Bruce Jim hamstrings McMahon for the rest of his life. Remember that? You seen Jim McMahon cause? Like Jim oh, McMahon yeah. don't even know what day it is, what time it is, where we at. Like he don't remember the Super Bowl, nothing. He was another one of them players though that was too tough for his own good. Especially at that position. Yeah. Like you ain't even supposed to be that tough man, as so. a quarterback. I mean, get well, Coach Brown, man. I hope everything goes well, man. That's my coach, man. So get well, Coach Brown. Um, yo, Antonio they Brown. They keep showing this same man. footage of Ben coming out for the games. Oh, man. Slapping yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Antonio, yeah. Antonio Brown, man, um, says that he is extremely serious about trying to buy the Denver Broncos <laughs> with uh, multi-billionaire Kanye West. So what he going to be? Because he ain't got bread like that. So if Kanye get together a team with his billionaire friends, like with Antonio Brown, like, what he he Eddie Murphy raw like now we have three hundred seventy five we have three hundred million and seventy dollars because I want to do my share. <laughs> like, come on, man. I, I mean, know, but, man, but you know, Kanye I and Antonio this, Brown. Those are two. Those are two unstable brothers, man. Well, not, not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying they're unstable. I'm saying that's what the that's what the the the, the narrative is because right. I think both of them know exactly what they're doing. But at the end of the day, um, what we do know about the NFL is. That's their little club. They ain't letting y'all in. Hey, I mean, first of all, they don't want to let blacks in, period. They're going to have to do that eventually just because of everything that's going on. But they damn sure ain't letting these dudes in. Like, come on. Well, if y'all hear background, that's because I don't turn the sound up. I ain't missing none of this game. <laughs> y'all ain't sacrificed nothing, man. Like, you know, at least, least, least Jay sacrificed Kaepernick so that, you know, he he looking for get back. <laughs> right. Y'all got to give somebody up to get in the club. Yeah. Right. Anyway, man, that's what happened this past week while you on the grind. Tell everybody what happened to State Sports History so we can go watch this game. Wait, where the hell is B. Austin? He rolled out on us? <laughs> yeah, he, already, well, he already cut the game on. He said, yo, F him. I'm going to watch this game. I'm watching this game. All right, so real quick, man, y'all know what it is. Uh, this Dayton Sports History brought to you by Sports the Book, written by uh, War Room Zone, Jimmy the Blueprint. Make sure you get your copy at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. This date in sports history, March 10th, 1888. Yo, heavyweight boxing champ John L. Sullivan draws with Charlie Mitchell 
in 30 rounds. Dog, if I'm going to go out here and rumble somebody for 30 rounds, I'd be damned if somebody ain't going to win this fight. I'm not leaving with a draw. We got to fight over. We got to fight 35 rounds or something. Somebody going to die. Yeah, like, you fought 30 rounds to a draw? Man, if Waste of a Night was a person, it'd be John L. Sullivan. But we want to give a shout-out to this historical moment in sports. Back in 1888, they were throwing them hands. So, Jim, let's get up out of here, man, so we can watch. Listen, man, this time off is going to be Blow out my sixes. (laughs) Bottom line is this, yo. Everything we do can be found at the hub of War Room Sports. Everything we do. We appreciate all the support. Check us out next week. Everything can be found at warroomsports.com. But as we always say, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. Yes, we will. And I'm stalling because I wasn't ready on the button. (laughs) But we holler at y'all. Peace. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.